G'day and welcome back to the My Peak Podcast, home of holistic development. Very exciting episode today, but first of all, Brownie, how are you, legend? I'm good, thank you, Cameron. Excited for this episode. Another special guest on the podcast, so it's always going to be a great one for our listeners. Who is joining us today? Today we sat down with Henry Thornton, fast bowler for, well, Adelaide Strikers is where he's most famous, but also the South Australian cricket team as well. Yeah, Henry made the move a couple of times away from home to try and pursue his cricket cricket career, and he's now found a very happy home where he's uh, had some recent success down in South Australia. His most recent success being snicking off uh, the Thunder side for 11 runs in the most recent BBL season. Was it 11 runs? Wow. Unbelievable. Henry jumps on and unpacks everything that went up to that moment and how he become a professional cricketer, the challenges he faced off the field with injuries and uh, getting delisted from squads and having to move interstate to several states, actually. So he's got a few lessons that he learned along the way and how he took himself to that next level and perhaps how he could have done things even better when he reflects on his journey along the way as well. Yeah, Henry definitely doesn't leave many hours left in the day. He's also working full-time along with his two cricket contracts, so he's a busy man with plenty to learn from. So sit back, relax, and enjoy the episode today with Henry Thornton. We are very lucky to have Henry Thornton join us. Henry, thanks for joining us, and how are you, mate? Good, boys. Thanks for having me. Um, looking um, Looking forward to it. Awesome. So let's just see where you are at. Right now, Henry, has preseason started or is it still a couple of weeks away? Mate, it's a couple of weeks away. Um, so we're back on deck on June 13. So we've got a couple more weeks, but um, the boys have been, you know, kind of drip feeding back into training, um, doing some stuff so the boys can hit the ground running when, when we get back in on June 13. What does that drip feeding look like, Henry? Are you guys doing a little bit of running? Is there any balls being hit or are you guys mainly in the gym at the moment? Mate, it's it's um it kind of depends on the individual. For me personally, I'm not I'm not doing any skill based stuff. Mine's more about physical prep. So fair bit of running, um, fair bit of gym. So trying to get probably three gym sessions in a week and three runs a week at the moment. Um, just so I'm not behind the pack come preseason when we when we all get back together on June 13. So just want to make sure that the body's kind of ticking over. Um, so it's not a massive shock once we get in once we get in the the nitty gritty of preseason because it gets mate, it gets pretty full on once you once you're back on deck. So um you don't want to be lagging behind. What do you what do you fear most about the preseason, Henry? Oh um it's an interesting one. Like I think everyone for me, I, I'm not I'm not a massive, massive advocate for the early starts and the cold mornings. Um, <laughs> so, yeah, so getting out of bed's um, a bit difficult for me. But I think, I think you got to go in with a mindset of you know the first couple of weeks of preseason are always difficult, no matter how fit and strong you are. It's just once you get back in that grind. Um, you know your body your body's sore you know you're tired um it's a real it's a real grind kind of mentality but once you get over that hump um it actually it's it's awesome because you feel like you're really building something for your season and i feel as if the work you do in you know june july august really sets you up for you know when you when your season comes down the crunch time in finals in like that probably march april so it you really feel laying the foundations for that 
for that year. Um, and it's it's great to be around the boys. You know, we we're all really tight here at Saka, so we've seen each other a fair bit. But you know, there's nothing nothing compares to getting back in and, and seeing everyone. So um, yeah, I'm really excited to get back in and see the boys. That's great, mate. And you mentioned you're down there at Saka at the moment, and obviously you haven't always been there. It's been a little bit of a different path for you. Do you want to fill us in on how you've sort of ended up where you are now? Yeah, of course. So I was, um, obviously I was, a, I'm a New South Wales junior. Um, I grew up in New South Wales um, and I played all my junior stuff for them. So like, you know, all the academy stuff from under 13s all the way through to like under 19s um, with, the, with the Blues and then ended up getting a rookie contract with New South Wales um, when I was still in school. And then I um, I got delisted when I was, I'm going to say 22, I think, from memory. So I got delisted from the Blues, um, played for the Sixers, um, played a couple of second level games for the Blues, but just had heaps of injuries. I had heaps of stress fractures, as any bowler would understand. Um so heaps of heaps of injuries along the way, and then I ended up just playing, ended up playing um, grade cricket up in Sydney for about six months, just playing, and then made a move to Victoria. Um, made a move to Victoria just to kind of have a change of scenery. So I just decided that I needed to get out of Sydney, um, and at the time the Vicks didn't have like they had. Um, Boland and Pato, um, but they kind of didn't have anyone in that kind of middle age, kind of like that kind of 23, 24. They had really young kids at the time. Um, and I thought there was a bit of an opportunity there if I went down and kind of, you know, dominated Premier Cricket, ended up playing at St Kilda, um, which is, an, um, you know, a real powerhouse club down in Melbourne. Had a really, really good year. Um my first year I went down there, um, loved it. Um, didn't get a contract at the at the end of the first year. So I was like, okay, I'll give it one more year and see how we go. Um, was down there, did a full preseason with the Vicks. Um, and then I ended up um, getting an opportunity after about another probably half a season. I got um, parachuted into the strikers Um with all the COVID stuff floating around the BBL ended up coming, coming into the strikers probably halfway through the tournament. Um, we ended up making, we ended up making a semi final at the SCG and we lost on the last ball, um, which was pretty, pretty amazing. And then ended up playing um, about four or five games for the Vicks in the one day stuff. And then uh, didn't get offered a contract by Victoria and got offered a contract by South Australia, and um, yeah, so here I am. Here I am at Saka. Um, I've been here for about uh, just over twelve months now, and absolutely love it. So it's a great place to live. Um, I'm super settled here, and yeah, just you know, it, it's it's a bit of a unique journey, but I guess you know I've worked really, really hard to to get here, and um, yeah, I guess never stopped you know, trying to pursue it. And uh, I got really lucky as well. I just need, you know, I was always after an opportunity, but, you know, you never, you never know if it's going to come again. So but I'm just really lucky that I got that, got a crack at it. And, um, you know, I'm doing everything I can to, to stay here. Yeah. Kudos to you, legend. That's a quite a unique path, like you said, and you've done super well, obviously to persevere mm. through some tough years. And I'd like to actually go into that a little bit. What was your mental state like in those two years where you weren't contracted down at the VIX and you were sort of just 
there was no guarantees, but you were putting in the work sort of, what did your day to day look like? And, you know, were you working at the yeah. time? What was your mental state like? Tell us a bit about that yeah, period. It was, um, it was pretty, oh, I was pretty, it was pretty frustrating. Like if I'm being really honest, it was really frustrating because I had a year. So we didn't play because of COVID when this was, you know, when COVID was on. So the competition only was white ball cricket. So it was only one day cricket down in Victoria. There was no red ball cricket at all. Um, and I had a huge year, like my first year down there, I think I took like 45 wickets at nine in white ball cricket. So yeah, I had a huge year and, you know, I've always believed that, you know, if you perform, if you perform really well, you should get an opportunity. If that makes sense. Like, it's not like I was, you know, just, you know, scraping by or not dominating. Like I was dominating the competition and I felt like there was an opportunity around the corner if I just held on long enough like but I also felt like on the on the flip side as well like I played like my first big bash game I played I think I was like 18 I had no idea what I was doing Mm. like Mm. absolutely no idea so um and I felt like while getting delisted at the time you know sucked it was the best thing that probably happened to me because I went back and worked on things that I wanted to work on. And there wasn't any, you know, I didn't have, I wasn't in a system. I could kind of trial things, see what worked, work on things that I needed to, that I really wanted to nail down. And I felt like I also needed to learn how to bowl. And I was really lucky at St Kilda. Like we had such a good bowling attack that I, um, I just learned so much and I was in such a better space when I, you know, got an opportunity again in the BBL that I was in a way better position than I was when I actually was on contract. So look, it was pretty frustrating because, you know, you're seeing guys getting an opportunity and, you know, you're sitting around going, "Mm, why isn't it me? Why aren't I getting a go? Mm. You know, I'm doing everything right. And that's really difficult because you've got to just hang in and hang in and hang in and just, almost believe that you're going to get an opportunity. And I feel like when I, like all I said, I wasn't, I wasn't bitter or anything. All I said was I just want an opportunity. And if I can get one more game to show people that what I can do, I'll be happy with that. You know what I mean? And I feel like um, I got that opportunity and um, yeah, it was just, it was just yeah it was all the years of hard work and just hanging in and but it was pretty frustrating like it's it's not a great kind of space to be in but if you I always believed that I could get back there um and yeah so I guess I did yeah that's awesome I want to touch on Henry we grew up playing against each other but even when we're preparing a jump on today I said to Geordie I think I've only ever faced you twice maybe three times in a game because growing up like you said earlier you'll fight in some injury battles can you just touch on those stress fractures that you had and maybe what your mindset was like through that period did you ever think that you know the injuries are going to get the better of you or were you always had the belief like you just touched on when you're in victoria or did you have that same belief when you're in the new south wales system um i was always frustrating because i always felt like every time i got up to play or every time i'd get a stress fracture so i've had Oh, I can't even remember. Maybe five or six stress fractures now. And when was your last one, Henry? How long has it been? About four years ago. Yeah. So I've wow. had a pretty decent run. Um, you know, touch wood. So, um, <laughs> mm. yeah. But that's again, I think I feel as if it's just 
with bowlers, it's such a hard one because you you just you need your body to grow and you need your body to get strong enough and be able to take the load of bowling. Um, and my body at the time when I was in the system just wasn't ready to do that. Um, so it's a frustrating one because you're a kid, all you want to do is play cricket. And, you know, you're sitting around season after season, you might play a handful of games here and then injury or you do all the rehab, you do all the work, you finally get up and then you break down again. And it just mentally, it's so difficult. Um, so, yeah, it's it was during those kind of younger years, it was very difficult for me to, you know, put games or seasons back to back to back. So it's something now that I really pride myself on, you know, I've had three four three or four full seasons now um you know without an, without any injuries so um yeah I'm, I'm really really happy that i'm actually kind of making up for lost time now that's awesome henry and no doubt you've had a pretty fantastic year last year both for for Saka and especially for the strikers and i want to touch on maybe a little bit about your big bash prep and not necessarily for the tournament but for games individually what a some things that you're doing a couple of days out to prepare for a game, maybe the night before, what's your training schedule look like leading into a game? Yeah. So for big bash, it's pretty frantic um, because where it's like play, fly, train, play, like it's, it's mm. really, it's really cram schedule. Um, so we'll do most our prep before the BBL. So we'll go into camp probably a week or 10 days before the BBL starts Um but before, so like day before a game, um, I won't do much because I would have done my bowling probably the day prior, so two days mm-hmm. out. And I just feel like that two days out, that's when I get a pretty decent bowl in and just kind of get everything that I want to do skill-wise out of the road. So I feel like the day before, if I want to have a hit or I need to, you know, catch some balls or I feel like it's more of a top-up session leading into leading into the game. Um, I don't really like to do much before the game because I feel like all the prep is done. Unless mm. there's, you know, something specific that I really want to, that I feel that I need, you know, if, if I didn't execute something in that game and I want to try and, you know, just get that good feel about um, about it, then I, then I will have a little bowl before. Um, but, yeah, I, I like to kind of keep it pretty light and, you know, I, I really like to almost be a hundred percent ready to go. I feel like you don't want to get to a game, absolutely cook yourself the day before and then roll into a game and then be running at like 75, 80%. You want to be, you want to be absolutely cherry ripe for, for when you get out there. Um, but for me, I, I'm pretty like pretty cruisy, like the day of the game, um, I get up, like I have a pretty good routine, get up, have some brekkie, go for a coffee with, you know, if we're traveling, I'll go with the boys. If I'm at home, I'll take the dog for a walk. And then I try to kind of keep it really simple. Like I'll, I'll chill before the game because we kind of get, I kind of get there a couple of hours early so I can get strapped um, and then just kind of get in the zone. Like, you know, it's pretty cool. Um, once you, once you get to the ground, like the adrenaline starts to kick in and you start to focus on what you want to do. And um yeah, all the prep is done. I, I feel like if you if you train well, you get to the game and it becomes easy, if that makes sense. And while that's a silly thing to say because the players are amazing that we play against um, and I'm so early in my career, I feel as if if I'm hitting my Yorker a couple of days before or if I'm, you know, if I feel like I'm bowling with good pace and I've got my rhythm up, I really feel like 
you know, all the work's done and let's go play. You know what I mean? So, um, yeah, it's, it's look, different for different people. Like I know batters hit thousands of balls before the game or some blokes like to have a massive blowout, you know, the day before because they want to feel something. Like, so it's a t- totally, totally different to what people, you know, individuals want. Yeah, Henry, you touched on the zone and, if these figures ring a bell, I'd like to talk a bit. <laughs> I'd like to talk yeah. a bit about it. Two point five overs, one maiden, five for three. Can you tell us about mm-hmm. that night? Obviously, watching it as a viewer, it was phenomenal to watch. How was it, sort of atmosphere wise, and and what was the whole idea around this? You know, out for eleven. That just must have been a a serious game to be a part of. Yeah, well, I to be to be honest, mate, <laughs> we um. I didn't think we had enough runs. So, um, <laughs> so we came off like we came off at the halfway point. I can't remember. I think we got like 140 or something. Like, and I I just remember I had to go out and face um the last little bit. And I was like, that was the worst because <laughs> they had a guy for Rook who bowled absolute <laughs> thunderbolts. Um and I just honestly, man, I didn't need that at all. Uh, like, <laughs> didn't so I went out for, for the last little bit and then I thought, oh, 140 Gs, I've got Hales, Jilks, Russo. Geez, we're gonna have to bowl pretty well to restrict them. Cause I thought if because I thought if Alex Hales gets going, you can't stop him. And yeah, like definitely. like he's just He's one of those guys where no matter where you bowl, he can hit you wherever he wants to hit you. So mm. I felt like it's going to be really hard. We're going to have to take early wickets. I think Shorty got the first and then it just it just happened. But I felt like it was so funny. Like so many people have asked me about it. And if you ask me and Wes, we didn't try and chase wickets. We just tried to bowl our best ball and they just nicked everything. Like they nicked everything, <laughs> yeah, caught everything. And it was just one of those moments where I didn't feel like I was, I didn't feel like I was, you know, trying to over bowl or under bowl or, you know, be defensive. I just, just try to run in and hit the wicket. And there was, I knew there was enough there if I put the ball in the right area and we just caught exceptionally well. And, but in saying that, like Wes, I know I got five for three, but Wes got like four for four for five like he got like and that's you know people talk about partnerships in batting but partnerships in bowling are as as important because if he comes out and goes for an over of 20 it kills the momentum so you know we we bowled so well together um we bowled so well together in a partnership and i just feel like we yeah, we. It was just one of those nights. It was so funny. Like the guys who were running the drinks that night just were just <laughs> running on, laughing, just going, "What the hell is going on?" Like they just couldn't believe that this was just like they would, they just couldn't believe it. Like it was just one of those games where I honestly have no idea what happened. It'll never happen again in my lifetime, I don't think. Um, and it was just one of those nights that I think you'll sit back and you know, eventually, you know, sit down and have a beer and remember it. So, um, and Wes is one of my like really close mates and it's so cool to, to share it with him. And yeah, um, yeah it was just, yeah, it was incredible. So it was incredible. Yeah, that's awesome. I remember actually, I think you're right. Short did get the first wicket because I went to bed after the first wicket and I thought, oh, 
they should chase them down pretty comfortably. And then, like you said, you thought they didn't have enough runs. I woke up, thunder all out for 11. <laughs> what yeah, was it, it was actually, what was it like in the change rooms? Who was it like a, was it almost like you're, well, not necessarily celebrating winning a comp or anything, but probably a feeling, like you said, you can never replicate. What was it like in the sheds? Did you stay around for hours or was it pretty much like another game? No, it was, um, we were in there, we were in there for a while. We were, um, Mate, we oh, we just we were all in shock, really. Yeah. Like we were just sitting around having a beer after the game, and we we're just sitting there, just like, what the hell just happened? You know <laughs> what I mean? Like no one could really believe it, and we just felt like, what happened? And we had some obviously some guys in that room, like Linny, you know, Rash was there. Sid's yeah, like, yeah. We played a lot of cricket, mm. and for you know, they they are just like, we will never. That'll never happen again. Like, you mentioned was- you mentioned Sids and Rash there, Henry. What are some you've been in a couple of different teams and systems now? What are who are the best mentors that you've been working with? I'm sure Peter Siddle would be a guy that you've learned a lot from. But what have you learned from these guys, and what have you been able to implement into your game from their games? Yeah, Sids. Sids was a Sids is amazing. Um, he's an amazing captain. Um, the way he just keeps it so simple play to your strengths, um, but also keep it simple. Don't worry about, you know, trying to be like an AJ Ty type bowler where you have 9,000 slower balls. Like that. that's not who I am. You just play to your strengths, you know, try and bowl your best ball. We'll set the field, you know, we'll set the field accordingly. And if someone hits a good shot, fair enough, we can live with that. And I think that's the best, the best bit about it is, you know, as a young bowler, there is a lot of pressure on you when you're bowling against really good players. And I feel like if you can keep it as simple as possible and just be clear about what you want to execute, even if you execute some days, you're going to get, you're going to get met. And it's, that's the nature of the beast. And as long as you're happy with your execution and what you tried to do, well, then you can live with that. So, um, but I also thought Linny throughout this year was amazing. His cricket brain is second to none he's got such a good vision and knowledge of the game and what's going to happen especially in the field as well and like field settings and what he thinks blokes are going to do um so he was fantastic this year for us um i hope we get him back um because he was he was excellent henry you mentioned just keeping it simple there and um cam and i were having a conversation with uh benny Menenti recently and he was saying that he has like an a4 sheet of paper on every batter in the top six of the team he's versing is, are you like really into the science of your bowling or are you sort of more off the gut feeling? Are you, no. like you said, when you took those wickets against the Thunder, you were just trying to bowl your best ball as often as possible. What sort of your approach to your bowling? Um, sometimes I feel like I don't really like to do all the, like guys study footage and, you know, all that stuff. I don't really like to do that. Mine's all about like, and it's going to sound silly, but it's all about me and, like what I feel, I feel mm. like for me, my bowling is all about rhythm and how I feel mm. and, you know, what I need to do to get ready. And, you know, yes, you're going to have certain plans, you know, you might be going a wide Yorker plan and you'll have your fields and stuff like that. So I get that point of it from a team aspect, but it's also about what do I need to feel at the top of my mark that I've got clarity that I've got clarity around me being able to deliver Mm. my best ball at that moment in time when, you know, there is 35,000 people there. Yeah. 
how can I block out that noise and just go, right, I'm going to try and hit the top of the stumps and aim there or no, I'm going wide hole or straight hole or bumper and just have that clarity and that belief that you're going to execute. Yeah. Sometimes you're going to miss and that happens, but just knowing that you've got that clarity around that. Um, so yeah, I think everyone's different. Um, but for me, it's just a mind super about feel and how I, you know, I, I like it is if you can get in that almost like that bubble and just feel super confident just and having that like you know just honing in on on what you want to do and just pick and pick your best ball whatever that is and just back yourself to do it and go from there henry where do you get your confidence from do you get it from your results or are you more preparation based um a bit of both like i feel um I feel like I've got a good understanding of what my, while I'm not the finished product whatsoever, I feel as if I have a good understanding of what my strengths are. And, you know, I, I kind of learned that through playing grade cricket and premier cricket. And I know it's a different, different level, you know, BBL and, and, you know, list A and first class stuff, but it's still the same fundamentals. I still think you know, good balls will get good players out. And I, I think that I spent years of actually bowling and bowling and bowling and learning what I can and can't do. So have, that's probably where my belief comes from. It's, you know, I spent hours trying to bowl my best ball and understanding what that is and what I actually can't do. Like, for, like I can't bowl a back of a hand slow ball because of my action. So, I, but that's only been because of trial and error, if that makes sense. So it's understanding and and it just takes time to learn that. And I'm not the finished product. Like there's things that I want to do this year that I'm that I'm working on now that I want to bring into my game. But you know, I, I still have a really good belief of of what you know works for me. And I just always, you know, when in doubt, you just go back to it. That's awesome. You touched on a few things you want to work on for next season, Henry. What can you give mm-hmm. us a couple of those things that you're trying to get better at? Is it tactical is it technical or is it off the field what are those things that no, you want not, to- it's not that it's more just i just want to make sure that my you know i get better in my execution i think every yeah. every bowler is searching for that and you know i think you you want to be so confident in your ability that you can defend any ball any any situation from a bot especially in like white ball cricket um, there's a couple of slower balls I want to bring into my game um, that I'm working on at the moment, which are coming along really well. Um, but yeah, it's it's like, I know it's only two things, but I think sometimes if you overcomplicate it mm. and try and do five or 10 things, it, it becomes too much. So yeah, just identifying, identifying what you need and what, you know, what you need to add. And it's only a, a couple of little things um, and it's not trying to reinvent the wheel. It's not, you know, I'm not trying to, you know, bowl a, a mystery ball or anything like that. It's just, you know, a simple slow ball and just making sure that my execution is, is a little bit better. Um, and if though, if I can get those, you know, in my, in my bow, well then I know what my strengths are and, um, and you know just adds adds to the journey yeah that's great advice for all the youngsters listening out there too and i want to ask henry growing up you were someone that always batted in the top six in all the pathway (laughs) and even grade games when we played against you where's your Mm -hmm. batting fit into your training schedule for the upcoming preseason yeah so we'll um 
We'll hit a lot of balls. Um, unfortunately, um, the tail enders and the tail or, you know, <laughs> seven down end up doing a lot more batting than they actually should. Um, so, yeah, we hit a lot of balls during preseason. Um, I think it's really valuable because the amount of games where we'll come in and we'll need to get 20 or 30 or come in at the back end of a game and try and scramble an extra 10 runs. Yeah. It's really so, yeah, we do a lot of batting in the preseason. So I'll start probably hitting balls probably in June or July um, and just, you know, start working on a few things um, technically um, that I want to do from last year. I felt like I batted really well last year when I got the opportunity, but there's still, you know, you still want to get better. But, yeah, I think there's a really big push. I think if you look at all the cricket and the way the cricket's going these days, you know, you've got to be able to bat especially and, you know, lower order runs are so critical, like so crucial um, for the team. Yeah, definitely. Is How do you find it? Someone that obviously playing big bash cricket's a bit different to pathway or grade cricket, but how have you found it batting in a position probably a bit lower than what you're capable of batting in? Yeah, um, I'm not that not that fast because I I just want to play. So yeah. I mean, I don't care. Like I'm not I'm not that fast where I bat because I feel as if as long as I get games and play for our team and that's the best balance for the team, I'll do that. Like I'm not I'm not a type of guy to go, hey, I want to bat, you know, six or I want to bat, yeah. you know, here. I'm I'm not that type of guy. Wherever the wherever the coach or the team needs me to bat, I'll bat. That's fine. That's fine by me because they've obviously picked a team that they think's gonna get the job done. And, you know, if I'm in that, great. And if I'm batting, you know, nine or eleven or one, it doesn't matter. Like um, so I just feel really feel like you know, yeah, I, I want to keep improving my batting, but at the moment I'm really focused on my bowling and um, you know, taking wickets and trying to get trying to get some wins on the board for whatever team I play for. Henry, you've mentioned how much learning you've done already in your pretty short career. What kinds of things have you learned or implemented that you wish you could go back into your junior pathway days and implement back then? Um Good question. Um, <laughs> that's a great question. Uh, I think, I think I probably thought, and it's it's a difficult one because I feel like, you know, and this is only probably comes with time. You think when you're in the pathways and stuff like that, you know, you got the tracksuit, you you know, you're playing seventeens, you're playing nineteens, you know, you 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 think you're a rock star, and I feel like. I feel like you're such a small fish in comparison to, you know, when you play against the big boys. I feel like, you know, you play, if you come out of that system and go onto a contract, you know, like my first year when I was like 18, I thought, you know, I played Aussie 19s and I went into the Blues and it was like, come and Stark Hazelwood were bowling at me and I was just so out of my head. You know what I mean? Like I was like, wow, this is, yeah, this is a lot you know, this is a lot compared to what I've been facing and, you know, how, and so I feel like what coming up, I feel like don't, don't be afraid to make mistakes, but also don't, don't think you know everything because I think people under people around the game. Yes. They, it's the most opinionated sport I feel, but 
there are going to be nuggets along the way that you can pick up. So don't dismiss everything from a coaching point of view. You know, try it. If it doesn't work, explain why it doesn't work for you, if that makes sense. Like I feel like people go, yeah, yeah, I'll try it, I'll try it, and then implement it, and it doesn't work for them, but they keep doing it. I feel like if it works for you, add it to your bow. But if it doesn't, that's fine. But understand why it doesn't work. And and then other than that, I also feel like cricket is so, and it's hard to say, like it's hard to say, but cricket is is such a small part of your life. Like there's so many other things out there in the world. And yeah, it's great. I love I love playing cricket, right? And I'm not saying that and I love what I do, but you know, mm-hmm. there's so many other things out there. And, you know, I just feel like don't put so much pressure that cricket is the be all or end all. Mm-hmm. Like I think the best players, if you look at the best players, they've got such a great balance in their life. And that's off the field and on the field as well. And they have such a great understanding of their game. And they know what works for them. They know what they need to do to prep. They know when to train, when not to train. They know when to go and have a holiday. You know what I mean? Like, so, mm-hmm. yeah. So just understanding what, yeah, and that takes time. That takes time and that takes trial and error. Um, so, but yeah, that's probably what I've learned along the way. That's outstanding, Henry. We're bigger. We talk to our athletes all the time about having, life away from cricket as well. If someone met you, Henry Thornton, and didn't know that you were a cricketer, what would they see Henry Thornton doing outside of cricket? Um, well, they'd see, well, I just got married, so um, they'd see me. Congratulations, probably, yeah, congratulations. First and foremost is probably a husband, or my missus would like to think that anyway. So, <laughs> um, yeah, so, yeah, but, mate, I'm just, look, I think, you you're not Henry Thornton the cricketer. You're Henry Thornton the person. Mm. Um, I I work as like I work full time as well. I I've already done my degree, so from an academic point of view, that's all squared away. But I just I would like to I would like to think that people and teammates just see me as a good, honest person. I think and yes, cricket is a part of my life, but it's not. Oh, you're the cricketer. You're the cricketer. You're the cricketer. You're Henry, not mm. you know Henry the so that's what they'd see me as um and i i I like to think that you know and look not everyone would see that but i'd like to think the majority would see me as that awesome no that's perfect answer henry well that's all we've got time for today thanks for jumping on again i reckon everyone listening today would have some great insight into your pathway and how you got to where you are today and hopefully they can start to implement a few of those things into their game as well so thanks for jumping on today legend No worries. No, thanks for having me, boys. It's been awesome. It's been great.